0: Very good morning. It's Money Talk with James Ross. It's 17 minutes past eight, and welcome to our guest this morning. Uh, that is Andrew Ferris, the CEO of Ecognosis Advisory. Uh, good morning, Andrew.
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: And let's also say good morning to Cheru Chanana, who is market strategist at Saxo Markets. Uh, good morning, Cheru. Good morning, James, and
2: hi, Andrew.
0: Well, we are through to the last month uh, in the year. It is the first of the month. Uh, what's the month been like, uh, would you say, Charo? Has it been uh, a positive in, in your eyes?
2: I mean, I surely think so. I mean, the markets have had quite a few reasons to cheer about, right? I mean, we've seen that disinflation trend kind of continuing in the markets, and economic data has not really weakened in a big way. So we are in that Goldilocks and that has, I think, uh, proven to be um, a good month both for you know equity uh, participants but also for bondholders. I think uh, it's been going well. I think we're on our way for a Santa rally this year, perhaps.
0: Santa Raleigh, uh, Andrew, uh, have you got your happy hat on today? No, absolutely not. Actually,
1: I, I, no, it's, it's, it's not a matter of being stupidly negative for the sake of being negative. You know, I never believe in contrarians. You know, I'm not contrarian. I simply observe. Uh, month, November was a, was a month of mess in the sense that the markets are absolutely obsessed with forecasting what the Fed is going to do. And that distracts from a lot of other things that are going on. You know, you, you can forget, you can forecast inflation, you can forecast industrial output, but you cannot forecast what the Fed is thinking and what it's about to do. And that's a waste of time. Okay, so I prefer to concentrate on things that are solid, that are potentially forecastable, as opposed to trying to out-guess, okay, what a group of people are going to do.
0: I mean, does, does any of the indications we're getting about inflation, though, give us any sense of, um, you know, how the economies around the world are doing? Um, put aside what the Fed thinks.
1: Well, uh, first, inflation is not a problem in China. So, you know, if if somebody tells me, OK, Andrew, speak to me about China, I will start by saying I'm not going to talk to you about inflation because that's not an issue in China. Then if I was to talk about inflation in japan that's an altogether different proposition because japan is now inflation is running well above the three percent target and still the japanese bank of japan is actually i'll try that again slowly. central bank in, uh, in japan is keeping interest rates exceptionally low and that leaves us the european union and the united states with effectively the same in inverted commas problems namely inflation is coming down but perhaps it's not coming down as fast and at a trend that will allow them then to begin to cut interest rates. So, out of the four major economies, you're going to have, I will tell you, ask me an economy and I'll tell you a completely different story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gero, you know, what's the sense about a recession, you know, particularly in the US? Has that gone away? You know, are we we going to see uh, anything similar happening anywhere else in the world?
2: I mean, I wouldn't completely disagree, uh, right, with what Andrew said. I mean, this is, this is right now a period where the markets are completely focused on um, how inflation is slowing down. But I guess at some point we'd really need to shift our focus also to the fact that how much uh, structural factors are playing a part in that inflation and where, whether we can really get back down to that 2% level on a sustainable basis or not. Uh And, of course, I think the more immediate concerns right now being how deep a recession is going to be. So economic indicators in the U.S. have been, you know, pretty resilient still. I um, mean, if you look at the GDP data that came out uh, this week, um, I mean, uh, I think even the, the numbers coming out from the Black Friday sales. Uh, so it does look like consumers have had enough savings to dip into. They, uh, At least a part of the consumers, a high income segment still have, um, you know, enough uh, resilience left in them. So probably that Q4 data could also remain supported. And uh, I think, uh, uh, but going into 2024, when that savings start to run out and, uh, you know, you know, I think uh, the economy will really start to show some cracks. And I think that's something we are really conscious about as well.
0: Uh, turning to other things that have pressures uh, on inflation, you know, we're hearing a lot about uh, OPEC plus and uh, it putting in place some some cuts in, in oil output for 2024. What sort of impact Chara, is that likely to have, do you think?
2: I mean, in, in terms of the knee-jerk reaction, as you saw right yesterday, I mean, we, uh, we did not get much. In fact, the all traders were pretty unimpressed with what we got. Uh, but that's, that's more because, um, I think this expectation around expanded cuts, uh, was really built in the price, um, over the course of the last uh, week or so when that meeting, uh, from OPEC plus has been, uh, postponed. Uh, but I think, uh, going into next year, really it will be a question of whether we, Actually, see that market tightening or not, and that will more so now depend on the demand outlook. Um, I mean, if, like I said, you know, the economic concerns start to escalate from here, I think demand concerns will continue to play a part, and there could be some signs of market tightness, um, which could underpin oil prices. So that's really something we need to watch. Uh, but overall, I mean, if uh, the the demand continues to weaken um, as as we expect it to uh, potentially, uh, I think these uh, supply that will not have such a huge impact as well on um, the
0: oil prices from here. Uh, Andrew, what's your outlook on commodities? Are you seeing any other opportunities or lack of opportunities?
1: Well, I'll, I'll pick uh, two threads here that will be very nicely joining together, and that is the COP28, what's going on, and the oil prices we've been discussion. And I think, <laughs> my friend, I think the outcome of the COP28 is going to be extremely bullish for fossil fuels and therefore for oil. Okay, yes. Nothing is going to take place there that is going to lead to a significant drawdown or a significant phase-out, whichever other, uh, let's say, polite words uh, you can think of what is likely to happen to oil prices, and therefore, by extension, also, of course, to coal. Coal is king right now. India just announced that they are going to start again massively digging coal subterranean. So far, India is a major producer of coal, but it is surface surface uh, calling in other words you know you scrape you scrape the coal off the surface now they're going to go underground okay and dig more coal than ever uh, you know it is a crazy world so the outlook for commodity prices simply based on a single event 10th of december when cop finishes is going to be quite bullish and i'm not being either sarcastic or nasty i think you know this is what i think we're being driven
0: Charu, you know, what are you seeing for markets, investors uh, coming out from uh, COP28?
2: I mean, I think uh, totally this is going to be a reality check on, you know, how far really most countries are from their climate targets. And... uh, uh, fossil fuels obviously continue to be a key discussion point there with a lot of countries a lot of industries going back to uh, fossil fuels in recent years because of that higher cost of capital kind of curtailing the benefits of um, renewable projects right so um, we've seen green transformation companies take a huge hit as uh, these interest rates are rising Uh so certainly I think uh, remains a very difficult task politically as well uh, I think taking up green transformation projects uh, which are so expensive to industrial to consumers. Um, is starting to become quite challenging but of course i think uh, this is a, a, um, a an area which they cannot leave out i do think fossil fuels will be a lot more in focus and uh, you know there'll be i think probably discussions around th- those carbon capture and storage technologies to offset the increasing use of um, fossil fuels but uh, i think i'm uh, really looking forward to one of the um, uh, sessions this time which is on obviously nuclear as well i mean we already know that uranium prices are at 15-year uh, highs and if uh, nuclear Really becomes a part of that clean energy solution at this forum. Uh, we can expect really, you know, uh, that investors will continue to kind of look look at that market favorably as well. And I think just one uh, very last point, I think uh, this is also something, uh, you know, we wrote at SACSO, uh last year in our outrageous predictions for 2023, uh, which is a flagship publication that we do every year. We wrote about how meat bans could potentially be considered by some countries uh, to reach mm. their climate goals. So, Certainly, I mean, it still is outrageous, but uh, I think it is also, again, something that COP28 um, has brought it on its agenda this year to kind of have some guidelines for uh, some of the developed countries to reduce their meat consumption as well to kind of reach their climate goals. I think that will be an interesting um, angle to look at as well from a very long term basis.
0: Well, there's obviously lots of different angles, uh, you know, meat, nuclear. Andrew, nuclear, is that uh, something that you're looking at as an investment opportunity?
1: No, actually, I don't, because on one hand, it has uh, no uh, uh, CO2 uh, emissions. It doesn't have carbon dioxide emissions. On the other hand, it has uh, an emission in terms of spent uh, uranium roads that last effectively forever. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, we have to simulate. We have completely forgotten what it can actually do. So I think it might be an extremely short and mystic uh, gap, but... uh, this is something that's very interesting. The UN uh, Commission on, on Environment is not paying particularly any attention other than looking at it, hopefully, and perhaps sideways and being worried. Yeah, so I'm, I'm afraid not. It is a possibility, and it's not, it's not the kind of a button that I'm interested in pressing.
0: Uh, Charu, just before we uh, leave, uh, let's just talk about the effects market. You know, what are the oppor- opportunities at the moment um, uh, surrounding currencies? What, what are you looking at?
2: Uh so I mean I think uh, we've seen that uh, the dollar trend has really tr- turned in the last uh, couple of weeks uh with these expectations of uh, Fed kind of pivoting and uh, you know of course like the soft landing hopes of the goldilocks that we talked about um earlier as well but uh, I think there are other things that we need to continue to watch here particularly the uh that the fact that china momentum is not picking up um opec decision was not able to boost oil prices as well so uh while there are i think reasons to believe that the dollar could you know broadly mm. remain in a bearish trend but i would continue to see and you know how strong like uh, us economic data continues to come out as well that will continue to push uh, forward those rate cut expectations right. that are being priced very aggressively right now. Andrew, so I think uh, uh, there's going to be you know, bouts of support there as well for the dollar. But yeah, sorry, take,
0: take it away. <laughs> no, no, Andrew, is is that something just very quickly that uh, you, you agree with?
1: I'm sorry, I agree with whom, with what? Sorry, the only thing that... Uh I'm quietly saying now to my, to my clients, but very quietly, is that the Aussie is going to benefit of the outlook of what's going to happen in COP28, because, of course, Australia is a major producer of uh, natural gas and coal. Okay, and this is going to benefit. And therefore, the Aussie dollar is likely to benefit for something that is quite negative. Also, the RBA is uh, poised. It would not, they would not mind increasing interest rates once more. And that, of course, will help it towards... A dollar, where the expectations primarily on on a decrease rather than an increase, but it is it is a, a peripheral marginal issue.
0: Right, right. Well, lots lots for us all to keep our, our eyes on. Uh, thank you very much to Andrew Ferris, the CEO of Ecognosis Advisory, and Sherry Chanana, uh, market strategist at Saxo Markets. Still